from the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is WIA National News for week commencing December the 6th, 2009. Hi, I'm Robert, VK3DN. And I'm Brian, VK3HXR. Well, for those people who uh, were tuned in and listening to us last week, they may have also been watching us. And uh, as we put on a news release on the WIA website, thanks to Jack, VK3WW, he recorded us uh, video here on uh, the National News Broadcast. And we're doing it again this week. Amazing but true. Second go and hopefully better than the first. Amazing technology. Thank you very much for everyone who uh, sent us uh, feedback, though. We really do appreciate it. And send us more. Thank you also to Graham for the opportunity to host again two in a week, uh, two two weeks in a row. Thank you very much. Excellent. Now, what have you been up to this week, Brian? Lots of work, but I do have a toy. I've got it here in front of me, Rob, and everybody who's watching on ATV now can see it. It's the Amazon Kindle. It's a uh, six-inch. Uh, e-ink screen, we'll talk about that in a second, with a keypad at the bottom, a gig and a half of space, lands in the country now from Amazon at uh, around the $300 Australian mark, which is, I think, okay for a a gadget. This this thing is just amazing. Now, obviously, those people who don't have the ATV can't see it, but let me describe it to you. It's about the size of a... uh, Like a hardback. A hardback book, but it's only about five... About five mil thick. Its screen looks a little bit like an LCD, but it's much, much clearer. And it's not backlit, but it's very easy to read like paper. It's got a keypad on the bottom, a QWERTY keypad on the bottom. And it only uses uh, power when you're changing screens. So it lasts for about two weeks with a charge. And uh, it's basically inert right now. It's not using anything to display what it's got on the screen. But, but I can see uh, see the yeah, picture it, on the screen. It looks like paper. They call it e-paper or e-ink or an e-book reader. And uh, you can just buy books and it comes down you get your own text, email yourself PDFs and things like that. And uh, I've got uh, 20 or 30 books on there now. They're a little bit cheaper than a regular book, which is good. And the more books you put on it, uh, it doesn't weigh any more than what it uh, did when it came out of the box of when course, it was delivered. it's all silicon. It is. Can you read, uh, for example, amateur radio manuals or anything like that on it? I've actually got a uh, an old PDF of one of the uh, RSGB uh, articles on there that I was reading today. Amazing. Mm. All right. Well, we could... Uh we could go on about that, but we won't. Let's not. Let's talk Let's about errors and omissions. Yes. What have we done wrong? Oops. Well, this is actually about the story that I uh, delivered last week <clears throat> from uh, Bill Pasternak regarding the 706. So let's get into it. This note is from our LA studio and Bill Pasternak, editor-in-chief of Amateur Radio Newsline. He says, after reading the story on the 706's demise, I decided to check the info with Ray Novak at ICOM. And he says it's not quite accurate. To quote Ray, while I'm quoting Bill, I guess it was not clear when I said it seems they have decided to discontinue the product. At this time, it will continue in the ICOM America product line. What I meant was in reference to ICOM Australia, not the production in Japan. So it seems it's more of a local marketing decision by ICOM Australia rather than a global product availability situation. I'll add that I got a bit suspicious of the item because the IC706 Mark IIG is still the world's leading selling ham transceiver and I could just not see ICOM killing the goose that lays the proverbial golden radio egg. At least not yet. Oh, and overseas readers, says Bill, note that the five-year warranty seems to be an ICOM Australia-only project as no other ICOM distributor is offering the five-year warranty. Enjoy, Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, AR Newsline. Thank you, Bill. And thank you, Bill. Yes, we will enjoy the five-year warranty. While it lasts. Yes. During 2009, our Wireless Institute of Australia has been considering training of amateurs for activities associated with emergency communications preparedness.
Now in the July and September issues of Amateur Radio Magazine, the WIA comment by Michael Owen focused on issues surrounding amateur radio operator emergency communications training and general preparedness. From the feedback we've received, the board considered that a nationally accredited training system was an essential element in the broad range of issues associated with emergency communications provided by amateur operators. So in association with the WIA's Recognised Training Organisation, or RTO, TrainSafe Australia, it's a nationally recognised training package is now being developed. The WIA board has prepared a statement on where it's at in the development of, the, of this particular training package and a summary of feedback and issues. The statement and attachments can be found in the news release on the homepage of the WIA website. Now to hams across Australia. Firstly, VK2, preliminary work on the Evans repeater. Satisfactory investigation and work has been started at Mount Monumba. This is about 9 kilometres southwest of Woodburn at an existing tower site. It's hoped to cover the Pacific Highway gap between Ballina to McLean. And in VK3, here's one to put in your diary. It's the Yarra Valley Hamfest sale on Sunday the 28th of February 2010, 10am 10 to 2pm at the Hillsville Memorial Hall in Hillsville. There'll be free tea and coffee, ample parking and it's only $5 entry. So for table bookings and further information, contact Gavin, VK3GH. I'm planning to be there, so I'll see everybody else there as well. Now to VK4, art, VK4GO slash JA1OGS, as we reported some months ago, has finished his APRS work in Japan with Kenwood Yesu Japan and has settled down in Cairns. From Cairns, he's running an APRS digipeter, VK4GO-3, at the latest Cairns Radio Club meeting, he told how by replacing an old BBS system with the club APRS, it'll soon be on the airwaves. With the latest Radio Club meeting seeing 10 members turn up, they got into a very good discussion about how to create more club activity in the Cairns region. Now down the road a piece from Cairns in the garrison city of Townsville, and the Townsville Amateur Radio Club held its 2009 AGM on Sunday, November 23rd at Rossiter Park. The election of the 2010 TARC Management Committee was conducted by Gavin Rybelt, VK4ZZ, and confirmed by the honorary membership of Professor Emeritus Jim Ward, Professor Mal Heron, Judy Robertson, and the Honourable Peter Lindsay, VK4TO. And in VK7, to our very good buddies in Tasmania. Now, if you're thinking of saying thank you to your XYL for letting you play radio, well, how better to do it than taking her out to lunch? Now, guys, you can do this in the safe company of other amateur radio operators all doing the same thing. Sounds good. Or just plain celebrating. You can do it at the Riverview Inn at Lower Sandy Bay on Saturday the 12th of December at 1200 hours. Harmonics are welcome, of course, as are non-licensed radio enthusiasts. RSVP to any Wyson South members or ROD VK7TRF. Now to VK9. Of all places, we learn about this from the RSGB, who have details on a local chap who's off to Willis. They also point out that you can QSL via the WIA on this one or the Bureau. More details now. Seems like Dave Burton, VK4ABD, will be operating from the Willis Island Bureau of Meteorology site in the Australian Coral Sea Territories from early December 2009 until July next year as VK9WBM. Due to shift work commitments, there will be no fixed schedule or pre-arranged contacts. Operation will be on the 40 metre band and above, and as the RSGB said, QSL via Bureau or WIA. 
Late news in is that uh, Dale VK4DMC is on top of this de-expedition and will keep the WIA National News Group abreast of our weatherman. Amateur Radio, home of the good guys, the team of five GB2RS newsreaders in northwest England have been given transceivers for 2 metres, 4 metres and 6 metres for use in transmitting the news. The radios have come from Graham, G1PYA, a regular listener to GB2RS. The five newsreaders, G4GSY, G0MRL, G0NAJ, M1NTO and M0HDE would like to record their very great thanks to Graham for this valuable gift, which is so clearly in the traditional spirit of amateur radio. Education, Youth and Advancement of Amateur Radio. An email from France a few weeks ago resulted in ARCS Academy's first international student registration and today Ted M6EAW, an English Foundation call holder, attended a special short course and then sat and passed his VK Foundation licence. Ted arrived in Australia a couple of days ago and braved a rather rainy Melbourne Sunday morning waiting to greet Ted were Lino VK3BAD and John VK3DQ. After a brief coffee and one of Gene VK3 VIP's homemade chocolate muffins, it was down to study and a special four-hour foundation revision course was done. A lunch of ham and salad rolls went down very well, and just after lunch, Lionel VK3 NM arrived to help with the assessments, but not before having his share of the Tim Tams. Nice one, Lionel. Yep. After the course of instruction, Lino had to leave for a family function, so Lionel and John put Ted through his exams, and the result was a pass with flying colours. Ted has requested the call sign VK3FEAW and he'll return to France in a few days but hopes to return home to Melbourne in a year's time when he would like to study to upgrade his licence. Well done, Ted. Well done, Ted, indeed. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Now Cuba to provide parts to hams and will manufacture 160 metre radios. According to the Cuban news service CAN, that nation's Ministry of Informatics and Communications will soon start providing ham radio operators with the components and parts for their equipment. This from stock that has been left idle for some time. Pedro Rodriguez, president of the Cuban Amateur Radio Federation, told the press that the first 600 units are ready for delivery. He says that by using them, his nation's ham radio community will be able to assemble new stations or update those already in use. But that's not all. During the recently concluded 8th Cuban Ham Radio Federation Congress, a prototype of a domestically designed transceiver was shown. With the brand name Kagurin, the gear was designed by several specialists and will be manufactured at one of the Ministry of Informatics factories. Jose Tancreiro is one of the hams that worked on the creation of the radio. He told the news service that it runs 20 watts on 160 metres, which is the legal for Cuban third category ham radio licence holders. By adding modules, both 80 and 40 metres can be covered as well. The Cuban Amateur Radio Federation has over 5,500 members, many of whom are involved in both severe weather watch and emergency communication operations. Over to you, Brian. Silent Keys. Unfortunate news about the tragic death of the 1996 Young Amateur of the Year runner-up. The RSGB news website carries a report of the death. 
The GB2RS article says the Society is saddened to report the death of Ben Clarkson, G7WHO, at the tragically young age of 27. Runner-up in the 1996 Young Amateur of the Year, Ben gained his licence on his 14th birthday. An enthusiastic member of the Reading and District Radio Club and a scout leader, Ben will be sadly missed by all who knew him. International News NZ Radio Spectrum 0809 Review and an 09-12 Outlook. The New Zealand Ministry of Economic Development, or MED, has published the Radio Spectrum 0809 Review and 09-12 Outlook. This new interactive annual report and business plan reviews the policy, planning and operational achievements from the past year and focuses on the business development for the next three years. Key outcomes planned are in the 2009-2010 year are strengthening spectrum planning and forecasting capabilities, implementing a risk-based compliance framework and enhancing our business systems to encourage industry self-help. And in other news, on Wednesday, November the 25th, the FCC issued a notice of proposed rulemaking seeking to amend the Commission's amateur radio service rules to clarify certain rules and codify existing procedures governing the vanity call sign system, as well as to revise certain rules applicable to the club stations. According to the FCC, almost 80,000 licensees have replaced their sequentially issued amateur radio call signs with vanity call signs since the program began in 1996. Now the IARU are saying that WRC-12 preparations are well underway. WRC-12 will commence in January 2012. Now the year 2012 seems far away, but it's only slightly more than two years from now. Preparations within national telecoms administrations have been underway for some time. Regional telecoms organisations have been meeting to discuss the WRC agenda items and to arrive at regional positions on each issue. IARU Secretary Rod Stafford, W6ROD, said that every IARU member society capable of doing so should take the initiative to liaise with their own administration and let the administration know what the IARU's position is on those WRC agenda items that influence the amateur radio service. The most significant agenda items are implementation of the radio location service in the range of 30 to 300 MHz, possible allocations in the range 3 to 50 MHz to the radio location service for oceanographic radar applications, software-defined radio systems, the effect of emissions from short-range devices, and to consider an allocation of about 15k in parts of the band 415 to 526.5 kHz to the amateur service on a secondary basis. Thanks, Brian. And uh, now it's to operational news, special events, and on-air contest dateline 2010. The 2010 Jock White Memorial Field Day Contest is on Saturday the 27th of February 2010 and Sunday the 28th of February 2010. Saturday at 1500 hours NZDT until 2400 hours NZDT and on Sunday 0600 hours NZDT until 1500 hours NZDT. Updated contest rules and other operating information will be available from the NZART website. And the 2010 RSGB Commonwealth Contest, Beirut, the 13th and 14th of March 2010. 1000 hours UTC, that's on Saturday, until 1000 hours UTC on the Sunday. It's on all bands, but CW only. 
considered to be one of the more gentlemanly contests that has been in existence since the mid-1930s. Apart from the individual performances, there is a team event based on individual nations' participation. And at this stage, we have no particular word in from our contest people uh, for any WI involvement next year. March 21-22, John Moyle Field Day, Dennis Johnson, VK4AE, reminds national WIA listeners and readers the National Field Day for all bands, HF, VHF, UHF and above, emphasising portable operations, is only a few months away. Now we've got some audio from Peter Harding, VK4OD, the RD contest manager, with his final report for this year's Remembrance Day contest. Hello listeners, I'm Peter Harding, VK4 Oscar Delta, RD Contest Manager with my final report for this year's Remembrance Day Contest. Now that the contest is over and all the logs are in, and having checked them all, I am able to present the winners with their certificates. I'll not go through all the individual results, as that would take up the entire broadcast. Details for all their availability will be covered towards the end of this report. I received a total of 310 logs compared to 314 last year with the overall points totalling to 42,356 compared to last year of 36,342. This year we received 21 logs from Foundation Calls and it was only 16 last year. This year we also were grateful for 3 logs from ZL and once again just one log for the receiving section. This year saw the introduction of the operating section for World War II original transceivers and we had two entries for that one. It is no surprise that VK6 once again will get their name engraved on the RD trophy as the winning state for 2009. This year I have issued certificates to the first three place getters and by now they should have the received their documents. By the time this goes to air I anticipate that a comprehensive listing will be December January edition of AR magazine or you can simply log on to the WIA website click on the contest link followed by the Remembrance Day link this will take you to the ID page and at the bottom of this page you will find all the information required. Until next we meet, this is Peter Harding, VK4 Oscar Delta. Thanks for that, Peter. And uh, Peter does a, a mighty job each year with the uh, RD contest, puts an awful amount of uh, time and effort into it. Now on to uh, special event call signs, beacons, DX and net advice. The VK7 RSC 10 metre beacon has recently been re- relocated and is now on the air from Allenvale campus of the Tasmanian Skills Institute. Launching its 10 watts of CW into the air is a half-wave dipole, and reports are that it's been heard in VK2 and VK6 already. Listen out on 28.267 MHz for this particular beacon. And in DX, word that F6AUS will operate portable FG from Les Santes Guadalupe until March 2010. Look for him to be possibly on 160 and 80 QSL via HF6AUS, his home call sign. And the Kish Lighthouse activation. Daniel EI9FHB should be active from the Kish Lighthouse until Wednesday the 9th of December.
The Kish Lighthouse is located about 10 miles east of Dunlagoy and marks a sandbank on the route to Wales. The lighthouse was built in 1965 and is undergoing a major overhaul of power systems and navigation aids. Daniel will be operating mainly on Sundays and after 7pm on other days. Great Tower of Breda. Special Event Station. Look for a Special Event Station PB500GT to be active until December 13th. Activity is to celebrate the 500th anniversary of the Great Tower of Breda. Operators will operate at a height of 65 metres. This Great Tower is located in the middle of the city. Operations will be on 80, 40, 20 and 2 using SSB and the digital modes. QSL Manager is Wellum, PA1WLB. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. A de-expedition with a difference. Leaving in February 2011, John Edwards M0JAX is looking for 22 people with a full licence to join a de-expedition to Bahrain. Now he's planning a two-week trip based on the at the Intercontinental Hotel with eight stations on the air 24 hours a day. Operators will be working in three shifts to keep the station on the air for the two weeks. Now John is making all the various arrangements including the travel and accommodation arrangements but would be interested in hearing from radio amateurs who have an interest in making the trip. A preliminary trip is being organised for February 2010 to check the suitability for antennas and the stations, including drawing up a list of necessary equipment. So, if you're interested, send your details and why you think you'd be good to assist this de-expedition. Send it to the RADCOM offices and your letters will be passed to M0JAX. Intruder Watch, the Enforcement Zone. India blocks millions of mobiles. Millions of Indian mobile phones with no valid unique identification code have been blocked for security reasons. The International Mobile Equipment Identity, IMI number, is a 15-digit code which appears on the operator's network whenever a call is made. The absence of this number makes it impossible to trace either the caller or the phone or to access the call details. Indian intelligence agencies say phones without the code have been used in attacks by militant groups. Mobile phones without the code were blocked. Operators were asked to bar calls to them in the wake of increased threat perception from militants. India has the fastest growing mobile phone market in the world with more than 488 million subscribers. Every month, millions of new subscribers are added to the list. With that many users, maybe they'll soon need to utilise a couple of Aussie call centres. Won't that be a turnaround, eh? Yes, okay, the Q News Workbench, the Nuts and Volts Report. Midland 70-066, yes, that's the conversion of that radio to a 6-metre project. The Canberra Club is looking at undertaking a course to convert those radios to 6 metres. Now, the Midland 70066 is, in fact, the Midland version of the AWIRT85, which we're all pretty familiar with. Now, this radio is a lot easier to convert than the Philips FM92 that many of us have had experience with. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ATV, where every pixel tells a story. In video of the IRTS radio news service via ATV. 
the IRTS Radio Group, which is normally broadcast by the Southeastern Amateur Radio Group at 9.30pm on Tuesday nights via the Southern Ireland Repeater Network, is now available live each Tuesday night at www.ei8ffb.com. There we go. Another news service doing their news via video. We should check them out and compare. Worldwide special interest groups, Final Frontier, the special event station BT3WX for the launch of XW1. The amateur radio satellite XW1 is scheduled for launch on December 20, and a special event station BT3WX will be run to celebrate. The XW1 will be the first amateur radio satellite to be launched by Beijing, and it will carry a 145 to 435 meg linear transponder for CW and SSB, as well as a, an FM-145 to 435 transponder. To celebrate the launch of XW1, China's first amateur radio satellite, and inspire radio amateurs and young people uh, in China, AMSAT China will set up special event station BT3WX, QRV on all HF amateur bands from 10 to 160, and on VHF-UHF satellite bands, including FM sideband CW-ready and in packset modes. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Internet, the Ham's Domain. Now, here's one that's uh, a bit of interest to uh, both you and I, uh, Brian, as we work in the IT industry. Geeks like us. Yes, geeks like us. The FCC has said yes to the concept of Internet neutrality. This, as the regulatory agency takes an important step forward prohibiting broadband providers from favouring or discriminating against certain kinds of Internet traffic. Despite the concerns of many telecommunications companies who believe that they have the right to regulate connection speed and capacity, the broadband providers insist that they need the flexibility free of from government intervention to keep their networks running smoothly. But telecommunications regulators disagree. Now, the Federal Communications Commission has voted to begin writing a so-called network neutrality regulations with a vote on whether to adopt them expected to come by the end of next summer. Proponents say that the rules will prevent the phone and cable companies from abusing their control over the market for broadband access. FCC Chairman Julius Janikowski said that regulations are needed to ensure that broadband subscribers can legally access all websites and services, including internet calling applications and video sites that would normally compete with the broadband company's core businesses. Social scene, and in 2010, January 4-14 to in VK2, Australian Scout Jamboree at Cataract Scout Park, south of Sydney. And on January the 24th, in VK2, it's the Mid-North Coast Amateur Radio Group's Radio Expo 2010, 8.30am at St John's Church, McLean Street, in Coffs Harbour. January 30, in VK4, the Bunyam Mountains and District Amcom host Ham and Wine Fest 2010, we need one of those down here, mate. That sounds like a very good idea. And in February 10, here in VK3, of course, it's the WIA 100 Centre Victoria Radio Fest number three. February 28, Wyong Field Day, Wyong Racecourse. Not much more to say there, Rob. Except that it's a big one. Huge. Huge. Okay, on April 2nd in VK3, it's the Midland Amateur Radio Club's Radio, Electronic and Astronomy Expo, with a venue to be advised. Well, that's it. That's we've come to the end of the news script, Brian, and your little 
Oh, Kindle. Amazon Kindle. Here we go again for the camera for those who are watching. I guess this is the final final. It I'm is. off to read a book. You're off to read a Finally. book indeed. Finally. All right, Brian, thank you again for helping us uh, with the news broadcast. Thank, thank you also to Jack for uh, Jack Three Triple W for recording. Thank you very much behind for the camera there, Jack. Thank everybody you. Everybody who maintains and helps out with the ATV repeaters around Australia. Amazing effort and uh, another mode that more people should get involved with. And something that's really kicking on with the uh, the digitisation of those repeaters. Yeah, thanks to Graham too for letting us do the news. Uh, not to mention next year. WA 100. So I guess uh, the next time I'm going to have a chance to uh, say hello to everybody is maybe um, end of summer. End of summer indeed. All right. And uh, yeah, WIA 100, 100th anniversary of the WIA. And uh, most clubs now have booked their use of the special event call Mm. sign via the WIA website. If your club hasn't done it, get on there and make sure you book your time slot to use the special event call sign uh, next year. So with that, it's goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, Brian. Cheers. We've reported. You decide.